0: Well, it's a treat to be together with you once again. Um, As Eric mentioned, I have the privilege of serving as the the global pastor, the missions pastor uh, for our broader Wheaton Bible Church family. And um, my wife and I have uh, been married for 40 years. Uh, We have four kids. They're all in their 20s now. But once upon a time, they were small. In fact, um, our kids uh, kind of grew up together in their early years with Jim and Lois Lenane and, and their kids. Um, but I remember a time when our, our kids were small, and I was talking with them, and I asked our kids, um, what are some of the, the, the stories of the Bible or scriptures of the Bible that you really love, that you really like? And I can't remember which of my kids it was that answered in this way, but one of them said, well, I really liked it when Jesus said, hey, let's go cross that river and ride the donkey. I'm not sure if they were remembering the the story exactly correctly, so I thought it might help us to refresh our memory. Uh, Let's... Listen to the words of Scripture and see images of the scene from Matthew 21.
1: As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee.
0: In the context of Jesus' life, uh, for nearly three years he had been teaching publicly. In Galilee, in the north, as well as traveling uh, throughout the villages of Judea with his disciples, uh, with occasional visits to the capital city of Jerusalem. Thousands had hung on his words and had witnessed uh, the power of God at work through him. Hundreds were actively following Jesus and looking to him as a rabbi, as teacher, as a prophet, and and many uh, seeing him to be Messiah, the descendant of David who would become Israel's deliverer and king, ushering in a glorious and righteous kingdom. There had also been tense confrontations with the religious leaders who were jealous of Jesus' popularity, who rejected his claims to be Messiah. And for a time, Jesus withdrew from Jerusalem, the religious and political capital. But now, with the festival of Passover coming, the annual remembrance of God's deliverance of his people from slavery in Egypt, Jesus was returning to Jerusalem. Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, having repeatedly warned his disciples what awaited him. In Mark chapter 10, we read, as they were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way, the disciples were astonished. They, they were stunned. While those who f- were following were afraid. Again, he took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen. Look, Jesus said, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man, meaning himself, I will be delivered over to the chief priests and teachers of the law. They will condemn me to death and hand me over to the Gentiles who will mock and spit on me, flog me and kill me. But three days later, I will rise. Luke tells us in his gospel, but the disciples didn't understand any of this. It was hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what Jesus was talking about. In fact, some of their next conversations uh, between the disciples were, "Well, well, which of us is greatest? Which of us is most important? And so we pick up the story in Matthew 21 that we, that we just witnessed in the scene. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples ahead saying, Go to the village uh, in front of us, and at once you'll find a donkey tied there uh, with her colt. Untie them, bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, simply say, The Lord needs them. And the person will send them right away. We can see a map here that that gives us an an image of of the scene that that we're thinking about. Uh, The city, or the village rather, of Bethany was the home of Jesus' friends, uh, Martha and Mary. And you, you might remember the story of their brother Lazarus, who died. And Jesus raised him from the dead only a short time before this. And they were going to be traveling uh, ahead through Bethphage, uh, down the Mount of Olives, through the Garden of Gethsemane, where uh, within a few days, Jesus would return uh, with, with his disciples to pray before he faced the cross but they would be passing through the Kidron Valley and on into the west gate of the temple, the the main uh, archway into the city uh, that, that led into the temple. Now Matthew tells his readers here, pay attention. Recognize what's happening here. What's unfolding before your eyes was foretold in the Scriptures long ago. This is fulfillment of a divine prophecy. Matthew says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, Look, recognize, see, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey. Matthew 21, 6, we read, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks for them uh, on them for Jesus to sit on. A large crowd spread cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them in the road. The crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the highest heaven. And as Jesus entered the city, it was electrified. The people were stirred saying, Who is this that has garnered this praise, these words from his followers? Lord, this morning we pray that you would open our minds and our hearts by your Spirit to consider anew, who is this, Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee? Amen. Now, we, we see that the cheers of the people in the crowd were actually echoes of an ancient psalm, uh, likely written by King David himself nearly a thousand years before. Psalm 118 uh, begins and ends uh, with lifting gratitude to Yahweh, to the Lord, to the God of Israel, rejoicing in his unwavering love. The author of the psalm, again, likely King David, then goes on to testify how the Lord had rescued him when he was in battle. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. All the nations surrounded me. I was pushed back and about to fall. Uh, David, who had faced uh, many battles against the the surrounding uh, tribes or or peoples of of Canaan. Uh, But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Psalm 118 goes on to say, uh, Lord, save us. In, In Hebrew, Hosanna, Hosanna save. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us with bows in hand. Join in the festival procession up to the horns of the altar. Jesus ride into Jerusalem that day, was a courageous declaration of his kingship. The crowd's calls of Hosanna, save us, son of David, we bless you who comes to fulfill the Lord's will, were affirmations uh, of those in the crowd who believed Jesus to be the long-awaited Messiah. Even though their longings and expectations Uh, were different than what God had in mind. Even though their longing and expectations were that the Messiah was going to soon overthrow their Roman occupiers and free them from military and political oppression. Jesus' entrance into the city and the cries of the crowd were a direct affront to the religious leaders who feared the loss of their authority and potential retaliation of Rome against any rising king of Israel. Luke 19 tells us some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They are blaspheming. They should not be saying these things, calling you the son of David. Jesus answered, I tell you, if they would keep quiet the stones would have to cry out. The stones would have to cry out because this is a moment of the fulfillment of the longing of the ages that God had promised. Matthew recognized Jesus' entrance into Jerusalem riding on the donkey as the fulfillment of Zechariah's prophecy given nearly 500 years before. Let's stand and read together again this verse, the scripture that that we heard earlier in the service. Um, Would you join in reading this together? Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you righteous and victorious lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Amen. You may be seated. Just some context regarding this Old Testament book of Zechariah. The people of Judea had been taken captive by the kingdom of Babylon 70 years earlier. Uh, But at the end of that time, King Cyrus, uh, the king of Persia who had since conquered Babylon and now controlled the region, King Cyrus gave permission to the Jewish people to return to their homeland, to leave Babylon and return to Palestine and rebuild their temple and city. Zechariah was just a young man when he wrote the early chapters of his book urging the people to be faithful uh, in these days of rebuilding the temple and the the city walls. But Zechariah, years later, wrote additional chapters to his book in which we see multiple portraits and prophecies of the coming Messiah. Zechariah 10 reveals the Messiah coming as a humble and righteous king. Zechariah 11 foretells that Messiah will be rejected as the shepherd of his people. Zechariah 12 prophesies that Israel will one day recognize that Jesus is the Messiah and repent over crucifying him. Zechariah 14 heralds the glorious return of the Messiah, saying that his feet will once more set down upon the Mount of Olives as he returns in glory and authority. We catch glimpses of the Messiah in the Old Testament, and sometimes it it can be baffling, it can be perplexing. It's sometimes like looking at a mountain range in the distance. Uh, We see distinct peaks Uh, here and there. Uh, They're all part of the same range, but we're wondering, well, how do they connect? How do they fit together? These diverse prophecies reveal various aspects of Messiah's character and works, but some of them are separated by valleys of time. We see references to both his first coming in humility and suffering but also prophecies of his glorious return in power to rule over all nations. Zechariah 9:9 presents us with this vivid image of Messiah entering the holy city claiming his rightful kingship and calls upon God's people to recognize what has happened and to rejoice in his arrival. We, we read in Luke 19 that as Jesus got closer to the city, he broke down in tears. Crying not for what he faced, knowing the The cross was ahead of him, but crying for the people, saying, if only you would recognize the time of God's coming to you. If only you would know uh, how peace is being extended to you, uh, but it's lost on you. Your your eyes don't see. So this morning I want to encourage us Behold your king who comes to you. He is righteous and worthy to rule. He is victorious and able to rescue. He is gentle and humble in heart. I want us to reflect uh, just a bit more on each of these characteristics of the king Behold your king who comes to you. He is righteous and deserves to rule. In contrast to the surrounding brutal and oppressive rulers, uh, Israel's coming king will embody righteousness, integrity, purity, compassion, justice, he will be worthy to wield authority. He will be trustworthy with wealth. He will be fit to rule because his oversight will bring not domination and oppression, but well being and peace. Do you remember the, the passage that, that we uh, celebrated at Christmas time? This is is a scripture that probably many of us know by heart, and and each year it it, uh, brings fresh warmth to us. In Isaiah 9, uh, verses 2 through 7, we read, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For a child is born, a son is given, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Amir Salam, the Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no limit. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Human history boasts a pantheon of tyrants. Of men rising to power only to oppress and mistreat fellow humans. In just our past century, the atrocities of Hitler in Europe, Stalin, in Russia, Mao Zedong in China, Pol Pot in the killing fields of Cambodia, Slobodan Milosevic in genocide in the Balkans, slaughters in the civil wars of Congo, and by ISIS in Iraq and Syria. History is filled with the suffering that flows from the acts of unrighteous despots. Are you watching the news in Ukraine? What further evidence do we need of the failure of corrupt human despots? There's a song by Mark Hurd entitled... How to Grow Up, Big and Strong. Strong man take no prisoner, favor no plea. He leave no gold in teeth of enemy. He fit and dominant, he rise above. He not have word that mean love. Strong man melt the plowshare, he forge the sword. He take the flower and he curse the thorn. Strong man is survivor. He lived to pound. Little wooden crosses in the bloody ground. And the world keep on turning. And the sun keep on burning. And the children keep learning how to grow up big and strong. How to grow up big and strong. I want you to contrast that with Isaiah 42, a prophecy given about Messiah 700 years before his birth. The Lord says, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out. He will not use a bullhorn to raise his voice above the crowd. I love this phrase, a bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Do you ever feel like your flame is just barely flickering? Just barely holding on? In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. This is our king who is righteous and worthy to rule. This is our king who is victorious and able to save. The history of the Jewish people before the time of Christ was largely a story of oppression and struggle. From slavery in Egypt, to battles with other Canaanite tribes, to later domination by the empires of Assyria, Babylon, Persia, Greece, Rome. Messiah came to free and rescue his people. I want you to uh, look with me at the words taken from Luke 4. And this is essentially Jesus' uh, inaugural address. As he returns to... Uh, to uh, Nazareth, his hometown where he'd been brought up. Uh, This is after his his baptism. And on the Sabbath, uh, he enters the synagogue, as as, uh, he always uh, did, and he was asked to be the reader for the day, an honored son coming home. Uh, Jesus stood up to read, And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Now, you and I are used to Bibles with chapters and verses. And we flip through the pages and we find the numbers that that, um, we're looking for. But uh, the Bible, as it was originally written in Hebrew, had no chapters. It was one long, continuous book. And so Jesus opens the scroll of Isaiah and he must have known the word of God well because he could find exactly the verse that he wanted. And this verse uh, is, is taken from the prophet Isaiah. And uh, This is what it says. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. With every eye upon him, Jesus then said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. But the nature of this liberation, the the nature of how it would be achieved, was unexpected and stunning. It would not be accomplished by force in punishing oppressors but strangely through what seemed like surrender by suffering himself. In 1 Peter 3.18, we read these words, For Christ suffered for sins once for all time, the righteous for the unrighteous, so he could bring you home to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive again in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago while God waited patiently. And you are now saved by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. This is so strange. The Messiah's suffering in our place paradoxically brings us healing. His being bound led to our being set free. His being condemned led to our being pardoned. His being rejected led to our being welcomed by God. Christ's absorption of human hatred is God's clearest expression of his love for us. His death in our stead credited life to us. His apparently total defeat was in fact the greatest upset victory the world has ever seen. The cross is not a defeat followed by a comeback meaning the resurrection. The cross is itself the triumph of God over every hold the evil one could ever claim on you. The cross is the victory. Uh, Listen to what uh, the Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 2. When you were dead... In your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the evil powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The cross is the pass over the it is finished line and taking the checkered flag. The resurrection is the victory lap before per- pulling into the winner's circle. Dane Ortland writes, Christ doesn't merely help us. He saves us. Christ didn't merely come to help you. He came to rescue you. Tony Evans puts it this way. Jesus is not my crutch. He's my stretcher. Because you can't even limp into heaven on your own. Jesus is victorious and able to save. And this is, This king is gentle and humble in heart. This king is the opposite of arrogance. The king of kings did not enter Jerusalem on a war horse to conquer and oppress, but on a donkey as one quietly coming home to his own people. Coming not to demand and dominate, but coming to announce peace and extend grace. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 11. Uh, In fact, I'm going to ask you if you would stand once again and let's read this passage together. The words of Jesus No one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. You may be seated. A few years ago when my uh, Aunt Donavie passed away, uh, her son got up to share a few words about his mom. And He simply said this, but I'll never forget it. Chris said, there are two kinds of people in the world. Those who walk in a room and announce, here I am. And those who step into a room and say, there you are. Chris said, my mom was the second. How much more is Jesus the one who humbly steps in the room and sees you? Who says, there you are. I've been thinking of you. I've been looking forward to being with you. In our uh, life group, we've been reading through a book entitled Gentle and Lowly that reflects on uh, this passage of Scripture and the character of Jesus. And I've, I've uh, cobbled together a few thoughts from that book, but I'd like you to, to just follow along with these words and see if you would agree that they Narrate Jesus. Jesus is not trigger happy, harsh, reactionary, or easily exasperated. He is the most understanding person in the universe. The posture most natural to him is not a pointed finger, but open arms. The difficult path we are on, he has journeyed himself. He offers us the deep solace of solidarity in suffering. He is accessible. For all his holiness and otherness, no one in human history has ever been more approachable than Jesus Christ. Our natural intuition can only give us a God like us. And so naturally, looking inside ourselves, we anticipate only harshness, criticism, condemnation from heaven. But the God revealed in Scripture deconstructs our predilections and startles us by his perfect gentleness. We are drawn to God by the beauty of Of the heart of Jesus. He has no rival. He has no equal. Um, I'd like to ask at this time a friend of mine to come up. And um, this is a gentleman that I've known for a few years. Uh, his Good name morning. is Rahim,
2: from Iraq,
0: and I'll give you this. Yes. Um, but um, Rahim and I met a number of years ago. He is from Basra in the south of Iraq. My okay, yes, you recognize that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: grandfather for fifteen kids. <laughs> I have five. Daughter Mm -hmm. and one son.
0: Five daughters and one son.
2: When I arrived here in America, I have seven kids, now 15. Okay. And and all the world: Sweden, North Carolina, Milwaukee, uh, uh, Washington, uh, Washington, Mm -hmm. and all my daughter in
0: Iraq. Okay. Yes. and so in his profession in, in living and working Another in thing, sorry. i okay. met
2: all the people in all the world mm-hmm. because my job i am inspection any ship arriver to my to iraq so i meet all the people from all the world my job number 1
0: <laughs> so For jesus number 1 working working in the port of basra uh, he received ships yes. from all over the world.
2: Uh, an inspection about disease.
0: Okay, and you and did inspections.
2: Between me and the captain, I need some document to check. And I have decision to tell him return back.
0: Okay, yes. so you had a lot of authority in yes. your role.
2: Yes, But when I arrived here, became zero in the beginning. Okay. My English was good. English great, great. Uh, no, no, anybody like man without eyes.
0: So in coming here to the United States a number of years ago, as, as things deteriorated in, in Iraq, uh, Rahim uh, moved here uh, where his son already lived, uh, bringing two daughters with him, and uh, in his first days in the country, you came and, and visited us at Wheaton Bible Church.
2: Yes. Uh, we arrived here uh, with my two kids. One, uh, my daughter, 17, mm-hmm. and another daughter, 19, mm-hmm. and my wife. Mm-hmm. So after four one days, my wife died. Mm. Mm. My son left me. I stay with my two daughter 100 day, same, same home. Mm-hmm. Don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Someday, that is my neighbor, watch my home and come, to the door. To and visit. Mm-hmm. And ask me, you are, don't go, don't come. What's your name? From which country come? Mm-hmm. I told him. He asked me, "Need help? Mm-hmm. I have money, but I don't know anything." Mm-hmm. I told him, "Yes." My daughter told me, "Yes." Told him, "Yes."
0: We need help. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> help.
2: <laughs> I need help. So told me, "I pick to you to the church, but I don't responsible who
0: so I'm gonna I'm gonna drive you to the church and drop you off. You're yes, on your own him, to get home.
2: I told him. Yes. Okay. Because we need to go to see the people. Okay. be home, home, home. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that day, on Sunday, I arrived to the church, Bible,
0: mm-hmm. teacher. So you showed up at Wheaton Bible Church, yes. knowing no one.
2: No one. The first time I see the church, very nice, very beautiful people, mm. Mm. smile. Mm. Well, I'm in the garden. Mm. Yes. And we are sad because I lose my wife, not know anyone, and my daughter would cover Islamic clothes.
0: Uh, hijab. Mm-hmm.
2: So in this moment, that man come direct to to me and ask me, "You are the first time here." I told him, "Yes, this man." <laughs> <laughs> nice moment. That-
0: yes, and now let me yes. uh, share just a little bit and and. Uh, there's a, a, another part I want to get to. But Rahim, as we first met, we went out to lunch that day. Um, Rahim began to attend our Arabic group at Wheaton Bible Church. Uh, his family is uh, Shia Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was willing to come and, and uh, meet others and uh, learn from the Injil. Yes. And then years later, you came to me in one of our meetings and you you simply said to me, January, 13.
2: January 13.
0: Ja- January 13. January yes. 13. And I looked back at you and I said, well, what about January 13?
2: January 13, 2020.
0: A- and something happened. Yes. After being years a part of our Arabic yes. fellowship, what happened on January 13, 2020? I told you. Okay.
2: <laughs> yes, very good day, January 13. I don't forget, mm-hmm. January 13. So, in this day, before this day, before this day, between seven years, I read Arabic, Bible, and I watch people. Seven years, mm. so these people, very nice. This nice from which, from Bible, the teacher number one, Jesus. So I want to take decision afraid, afraid. Yes. yeah because and my relation between me and islam not good okay okay so in this day 13 January 2020 mm-hmm. i told to become christian mm-hmm. and told anyone need help i help you <laughs> so I make two people driver license help any people in this in this date a new one boring mm. different between before mm. and this day. and mm. now mm.
0: this now, is the life. Now I want to mention just a couple things briefly but Raheem had, had told me about how for years He had been watching Christians. For years, he had been reading for himself the words of Jesus, watching. He told me, when I was young, growing up, I always had this idea that that God must be kind. But I didn't see it in the religious leaders around me. I saw people say one thing, but do another thing. But then I realized I see in Jesus the God who is kind. I always believed must be there.
2: Another thing before I afraid from the date. Okay, yes. you had always been afraid of yes. dying. Maybe okay. something due to me. Maybe before I drink. Maybe maybe. Yes. So I afraid when I die. Where I go? Yes. But. After 13 January 2020, no afraid from anything. Mm. Mm. No, mm. don't worry mm. about the future. Mm. That is someone help me. Mm. So, uh, my neighbors, uh, that is women, uh, 76 years old. Between me and this woman, only hi, good morning good evening, all of this, every day. So after three, four days, I don't meet this woman. And in giving, bring food to this woman. Thanksgiving, yeah. Thanksgiving, Uh, so I know the apartment. And three days don't see this woman, this have been after 13, 2020, 20. Mm-hmm. so I go to this woman at the door, the door, no open. I open the door. What happened? happened. Mm-hmm. And I see this old woman fall down, vivor. Mm-hmm. Very,
1: very, very, very
2: sick. Very sick. I stay with this woman. 21 days help to get up. I forget that is disease. Go feed without mask, without anything. Just helping your neighbor. Help this neighbor. This is power from Jesus. Mm. Yes. Amen. I forget this. Mm. I want to help. Yes. Because maybe crazy.
0: (laughs) Okay. Rahim, thank (laughs) Thank you you. so much. Thank you. 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 (laughs) Mm. Rahim experienced Jesus knocking on the door of his heart as he recognized who Jesus is, and he took a step of opening the door and saying come in i want to know you i want to be with you listen to the words of revelation 320 as jesus says to you i'm right here and i'm knocking if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and have fellowship with you. I'll, I'll have a banquet together with you. We will do life together. What is your response to the king who has come to you in gentleness. Is the door latched and bolted, or will you open the door and come to Him? Behold your King who comes to you. He is righteous and worthy to rule. He is victorious and able to save. He is gentle and humble in heart. And peace is the atmosphere of his rule. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea. Will you come to him? And no peace. I want to invite you to pray and to speak with Him in the quietness of your heart. Lord Jesus, every burden will be lifted in your presence. Every trophy will be surrendered at your feet. You have a name that reigns above all others. Jesus Christ, you are the king above all kings. Lord, help us in this moment to come to you and to continue in walking with you as we enter Holy Week. We love you. Amen. Amen. Um, I just wanted to mention if you have newly made a decision, uh, like Rahim talked about, if you have newly made a decision to follow Jesus or you want to understand that better and make that decision, I encourage you to, to go and talk with Pastor Eric or another member of the church that that you know and trust about that. Uh, Thank you so much for allowing me to be with you this morning. The Lord's grace to you.